Hey everyone, this is Pastor Tim. In this podcast episode, Grant and I hit a lot of things. We talk about being chased by farm animals, we talk about parenting, and we talk about Advent and what it means to wait to kavah in hope even when times are tough. Hope you enjoy it. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, this is, uh, this is in fact not Freddie T. Wyatt. This is Shocker. Pa- yeah, I know. It sounded just like him, right? This is Pastor Tim filling in for Freddie T. Let's continue to pray for Freddie. He is recovering from uh, his hernia surgery, and he's getting there a little bit better yeah. each day. And so uh, looking forward to hopefully him being back next week as well. So, Grant, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Good. Have you ever had any hernia surgery or anything like that? I have never. I'm trying to imagine, like, what – I don't think I've ever had surgery like that, so I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, what the recovery process is. Have you ever been out? Like, have you ever had, like, either, like, the laughing gas? Or... I have had that, yes. <laughs> what was that like? That was – it was kind of awesome. I mean, I think it was <laughs> when I got uh, – it was either like my wisdom teeth or a root canal or something. Yeah, I got the laughing gas and just was out cold. So it, it's amazing, like how yeah. how fast that stuff works. I had a little back procedure done once, and like they gave me the shot. And I remember telling them, they're like, "Yeah, it's going to knock you out really fast." And I remember telling them, like, "Yeah, I don't think it's." And no. I didn't even finish this. Yeah, and I was just like out. You it's know? insane. Yeah, it is. It is. So, by the way, this morning, if, if you hear farm animals outside there, especially active uh, today. It's our live nativity scene outside. (laughs) It is. Grant and I were just saying before the podcast, this is definitely different. Like then when I was doing a podcast in New Jersey, the sounds in the background were very, very different. (laughs) Like you might hear like, yeah, you know, horns honking. You might hear cursing, things like that. Very colorful language that you don't maybe hear. Exactly. Here you have the farm (laughs) animals. And I, like, I want to tell you, Grant, that, um, Today, I did not get chased by the rooster. I heard the last podcast where you guys were talking well, about that. Who Freddie T sent the picture of, and I forget his name, someone carrying the rooster. So maybe that's oh, just... Oh, David. Yeah, yeah, David Scribani. Yeah. yeah, carrying the rooster. So maybe that just... He's he's scared now, and he knows his place to, to not mess I with. I don't know about that, because I think it was yet or two days ago, oh. he was at me again. So he... Him and I, it's like a, it's like a thing now. He... I feel like he sees my car... And I feel like he knows my car now because, like, he he gets yeah. excited. He sees it and he starts running. Yeah, <laughs> running. Toward I didn't me. realize they were that intelligent because, yeah, he. I feel like he stalks and like prays and like does some strategic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, prays, but not in like a spiritual. <laughs> yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Like Pray, P R E Y, not P R A Y. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't, Grant. I don't know what it is. For years, I've had a thing with like where animals just are, they think they can take me. I don't know if it's like my short <laughs> stature or whatnot. Like when I, when I was a student minister, I think I was, I was around Clay's age. Um, this is a really embarrassing story. But um, we were at a, a youth retreat, and I was coming up to a cabin, and in between me and the front door of the cabin is a squirrel. And I'm like, oh, it's just a squirrel. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to run at the squirrel. The squirrel's going to run away. So I, I start running up this ramp. And the squirrel, instead of running away, starts running back toward me. And, like, I had no – there was no radar. Like, I had no map 
for this happening of like a squirrel coming at me. So I turned around and ran <laughs> back to the cabin and the squirrel is chasing me <laughs> like oh back to gosh. the cabin. And so as you can imagine, as you can imagine, the, the students never let me live that down. Like every gift I got for the next five years was like an engraved like squirrel or like a little statue squirrel thing. So I, yeah, because now you have a stick. You have a sticker on your laptop for the for the. Does the rooster have a name like in your psyche or in your mind when you dream about it at night? Like, is there like this? We should. Yeah, well, I don't these, think it has yeah. a name. That could be a good. Yeah. That could be a, like a good sort of um, experience for people to like come up with a good name for. Yeah. This incredibly aggressive rooster. Yeah. Yes. But yes, my daughter made a decal of yeah. this rooster chasing me. You just need to fill your laptop with all the <laughs> with all the different the animals. Anim- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Well, it's been it's been a few weeks, I know, it since has. we did a podcast. So we've had Thanksgiving obviously yeah. since then. Like catch us up. Like what what's been big for you? Yeah, Thanksgiving is always awesome. It's a busy day, like both Lauren and I's family live in like Brentwood Franklin area, right. like five minutes apart. So we're just That's like, nice. it's nice. Yeah. It's awesome. We're seeing everyone. So we're like with my family for a few hours and we'll hop over and hang out with her family. Um, so it's just a lot of back and forth showing the kids around to all family members and everything eating good food. I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on a few podcasts ago before Thanksgiving, but I'm always like every year for Thanksgiving, I'm like, why do we eat Turkey? Oh, I, it's like the worst meat I think we could choose for like the one meal. Right, it's like a last meal, right? That's, Let's that's choose a great turkey. point. My like, dad does prime rib, so it was uh, it no, was that's, insanely that's good. Way better. Oh my gosh! Because you're right. Nobody, nobody ever outside of Thanksgiving or Christmas says, "Hey, what do you want for dinner?" I don't think anybody goes. No, you know, I'm really. Can we do turkey tonight? Yeah, like a- <laughs> I want a subpar meat that's going to put me to sleep. Like that's. Um, so I, I we've like I think my dad started doing prime rib a few years ago. And so that's, that's awesome. all, that's all I eat. And then, um, that's a good meal, man. I'm with the up. traditional side. Yeah. We'll have to invite come to your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. Um, Lauren and I just recently came back from our first no kids vacation. We went to Charleston, North, uh, South Carolina. Nice. It was incredible. We were going to go to New York city, but we, we pivoted because, Seems like New York's just insane right now, just with riots and stuff. And yeah, so we yeah. were like kind of feeling guilty. We're like, man, are we like just southern weenies because <laughs> we don't want to go to New York? But saw like news articles that the Rockefeller tree lighting, which is something we wanted to go to, was just like interrupted by really uh, protests and people were arrested and stuff. So we were just kind of making oh, jokes man. of all the video footage you see from that of just like you see Lauren and I like just getting shoved around, like. Eh, yeah, it, no kids, it's definitely recovered from the pandemic. Like in the pandemic, New York City was almost, it felt like the apocalypse because like yeah. you'd walk around and not see anybody in the city. Yeah. But then uh, Freddie T and I actually went to uh, went to the city like in the spring and it was back with like with a vengeance. So yeah. like if you don't want to deal with crowds and, you know, very little personal space, it's yeah. not the place you want to. So Charleston, right South Carolina was probably... The other end of the spectrum. It was great, calm, calm, great food, great history. Awesome. Um, you yeah, we, hung out there for a few days. Or yeah, we were there for a few days. Um, didn't really have any. We did like a few sightseeing, like carriage tours around the city. But other than that, we were just eating food, sleeping in. Just that's a good vacation. It was bliss. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. But what about y'all? 
Yeah. So uh, holidays were great. Like we've had a, a pretty big um, change in our life. So for those of you that don't know, like we have uh, older kids, not, not fully grown, but like, well, we have uh, Emma who's just turned 16. Mm-hmm. We have a son, Ian, 21. And so like, that's a different stage of life. You know, like all of a sudden you can go on a date with your wife and not have to like, you know, get babysitting, yeah. that sort of thing. Well, that um, took a turn <laughs> this this month. Not totally unexpected, but my, my brother, who is actually uh, 10 years older than me, has two four-year-old twins mm. and just had a newborn on top of that like last week. And so we are taking care. He lives in Switzerland and but is over here in the United States. Um, and so basically, long story short, we have these two four-year-olds in our house now for uh, the month of December, basically. Wow. And so Rob and I just kind of had this realization of like, it's amazing how quickly you forget like how to parent like a, a younger kid when you're used to like now you're yeah. used to teenagers, that sort of thing. And so it's been, it's been wild. Um, let less sleep than, you know, we're used to uh, yeah. with having two little four year olds. And uh, we have to keep reminding each other that just because a four year old says that they want something or because they cry, you know, doesn't mean that you have to like give in. Cause I think mm. for the first few days, whatever they asked for, we're like, Oh yeah, we got to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, this is not sustainable. Like, why are they upset? All they're eating is sugar, bread and <laughs> sugar <laughs> you're not, juice. Right. You're why not, are they, that, why are they upset? I you're not why. wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's like, Oh, you want Chick-fil-A? Okay, let's go get Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Oh, you want yeah. this? And I start, I was like, this is not going to be sustainable for an entire month or uh-huh. we're going to be out of money. And these kids are going to be, incredibly incredibly spoiled yeah. <laughs> by the time my brother get, gets them back so it's yeah but it's been good it's been fun yeah i'm curious if we noticed that going back for thanksgiving like i, I just i'm curious i mean I, obviously we have a, rebecca's about to be three in january and then sarah's one and a half but i'm like i wonder when you just kind of like data dump all of the like toddler baby and like as you move through the 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 parenting stages because we take them back to family and sometimes you're like my my parents raised like four kids do they not remember <laughs> like they're leaving like steak knives on like coffee tables they do not remember because <laughs> we are going through that right now and we're like so funny. how does this even work and like yeah so on top of that we have, so we have the two four-year-olds and then my brother's coming in tomorrow with the newborn they're also going to be staying with us so we're wow. gonna have a newborn in the house as well and you know, it's been a while since I've changed the diaper, so it's gonna be a fun, that is fun. festive holiday. So we're getting our first like no kids trip. You're like basically, yeah, getting it all more kids, getting so. it all again. Yep. And my brother's ten years older than me. He's fifty nine with a newborn. He's single as well. So he's mm. a single guy with three kids, wow. including a newborn. I'm like, I, I can't imagine having the energy for a newborn. Like, you know, especially without without help. And I'm kind of ignorant on, on like your your background. So are you are you from Switzerland? What's kind of that? Is he Swiss or is he American? Yeah. Just lives so in we Switzerland. Have, we have dual citizenship. <laughs> That's um, right. Both okay. uh, U.S. and Swiss. But he's lived there for probably thirty thirty five years, wow. something like that. And um, so yeah, it's it's great when we get to see him. We go over there from time to time. Um, our, our kids have the option of going to school over there, you know, for university. And I think I think our youngest is really strongly looking at that. Uh, to go to Switzerland uh, wow. for university, so because the nice thing is if you have, if you have citizenship, you can go for almost free to university, okay. and so she's hopefully going to take advantage of that, wow. which is yeah, pretty cool. Pretty that would cool. be incredible. Where in Switzerland? 
It's um not that it yeah, it's not about forty five <laughs> minutes outside of Zurich, and um, you know, it's like Switzerland's one of those places where everywhere you look, it's just beauty yeah. surrounds you everywhere, yeah. and so it's a it's a pretty cool, it's a nice little thing to have, you know, to like you know be able to go there, so, yeah, yeah, but yeah, so I I guess uh, the other thing like that's been kind of happening since uh, Thanksgiving is lots of things like with real life. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was going to tell you about, did you, did you see the, uh, the fire yesterday? I did not. I, Lauren and I actually like just deleted social media and everything from our phones. Yep. And so I feel like, I know you were mentioning it earlier. So no, I didn't hear it was here in Senga though. Right. Yeah. It was actually the neighborhood right next to the study. Um, wow. I, I saw um, one of our office volunteers, Sean DeGraw was running like toward the office yesterday and we were clay and i were like sean what are you doing and he saw like the smoke coming up and he thought actually he thought it was like where we are right now he thought it might be the study because Mm. from where the office is it looked like the study might have been on fire so i think he ran over uh to check on it um our pre-k babies director lauren davis lives over there and she Mm texted everyone and said it was like three doors uh, down uh, from her. And I mean, this, this house was like full on uh, in a blaze and it, it pretty much burned it like to- like that house is pretty much gone and it did some damage to the one next door as uh-huh. well. But one of the cool things, you know, in a horrible situation like this, you, as a church, you get a, a chance to go like, well, how are you going to respond? Cause yeah. I mean, when you talk about loving your neighbor, <clears throat> that obviously includes your literal neighbor. And so, uh, Frey T reached out and was like, Hey, let's, let's do something for this family. And so Clay and I were able to go over there and, you know, obviously they weren't going to let us get super close to the house, but they brought, um, a, a young lady that, that lived there with her dog comes out. She's obviously mm-hmm. in shock. Uh, Clay and I had a chance to, to pray with her. We gave her a gift, um, from the church that, um, obviously, you know, when it comes down to this and you've got nothing, anything is going to be a help. Yeah. But I think we were able to be like a real blessing to her in that moment. And by, by uh, giving some resources to her to help her uh, through these next few days. And she was incredibly grateful, gave us a hug mm-hmm. and, you know, it just, it hit us. This is like what it means to be the church. Like we're yeah. not just here in Sango to build a building and tell people to come to us. We're here to show love to our neighbors. And so really, really. And so if you're a member at real life Sango and you're listening, I just want to say thank you because it's because of your generosity that we can, um, take, uh, all your, our time gifts and, and goes to missions and it goes to things mm-hmm. like this as well, where we can go and just kind of bless somebody like that in a, in a pretty big way. So that's like incredibly encouraging to hear. Like, cause I don't think I knew, <clears throat> maybe the ins and outs of our time. And I'm like, so if like anyone's like listening, like, so what, what is the, is it just so we can like choose a paint color for a wall type thing for a building? But it's like, no, like as we're building a building to be more established in the community, it's like, we're still being established in the community by being the hands and feet of Christ, by being able to, yeah, generously give and pray for and be there for this, this unfortunate tragedy. So, and it makes it really simple. Like, you know, I, I, I grew up in a church where you had like, you know, you had your regular general bill, you know, your general budget fund. And then you had like, you know, the above and beyond like building fund. 
I, I like the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, we're able to just say like every dollar goes into like kind of this big pot and yeah. it includes everything from uh, the building, which is going up as we speak right now to yeah. things like being able to help your neighbor when their house burns down. And so that's been, that's been really good and excited to see like what next year brings as well. Cause I know our, our folks and Grant, I know you know this, but like we've just been blown away because every time we've like set a goal and said like mm-hmm. this is kind of our hope, our folks just go like above and beyond with it, and that's been really, really encouraging. Yeah, is that the? I think it's been announced in the past few sermons uh, and Sundays. We're at like one hundred five percent. Is that still kind of yes. where we're at? Yeah, and and you know one of the things I don't know a lot of that if a lot of people know, it's not just one hundred and five percent. Like our original goal was uh, five million dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, the pledges that we got actually uh, ended up being like I think five five million eight hundred and seventy five thousand. Wow. And so the hundred and five percent is based off that bigger number, not not the yeah. five million. So again, it's just like every step of the way, we've just been really really encouraged with the generosity of our folks. So that's, that's incredible. So yeah, so be encouraged. Know that you know um, by by giving and by being a part of this church, like we're able to be a blessing to our neighbors and not in some sort of just like metaphorical way, but to, yeah. our, to our literal neighbors, which has been really, really cool. It's like, so. I always love, I've, I've been in the habit of like over spiritualizing, like love your neighbor. Like, well, it doesn't mean like my actual neighbor means like these people who are in my life, maybe, which it, it does, but like, no, like, yeah, let's not over spiritualize this. Like, let's love when we can help. Let's, let's help. Exactly. We, um, when we were planting churches in New Jersey, we did a, a series on neighboring and we actually, mm-hmm. we talked about that very thing. We're like, man, it's easy to talk about love your neighbor when it's just this concept, but yeah. like, let's talk about your literal neighbor. And so I don't know if you've seen these little sheets, but we did um, these neighborhood grids and we passed out like a grid and we gave it to every single person in the church. And we said, your goal is over the next three months, we want you to learn the names of every house, like around you, like in, in your immediate vicinity, because we said like to love your neighbor, you can't, it's hard to love your neighbor if you don't know their name. And so the, our folks were like, they they said it was one of the most challenging but rewarding things they've ever done because it pushed them out of their comfort zone because uh, especially in New Jersey, you don't really talk to your neighbors as much because there's this kind of this silo effect. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was really good and really challenging and kind of knocks people out of that mindset of, you know, no, you have to like love the people in front of you as well. The guy who has his leaf blower on at six 30 in the morning. I gotta go. Oh man. I gotta go. Love Do I have him. to love him too? <laughs> Do I have to love him? Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. okay. yeah. I saw this and then we can, I guess, take a break yep. um, and talk about the sermon. Um, but yeah, I saw this, I forget if it was like a TikTok or a reel or something. And this guy was just like, everyone wants to be, an influencer on social media with millions of followers, but no one knows their next door neighbor. And I'm just like, Oh man, that's so just convicting. so convicting. And yeah, like, you know, so it's just like, I want to know my neighbors. What does Freddie T say? Hopes, dreams, and fears. Yeah. And, yeah. And just like, I want to at least it. know their name and be able to have them over for dinner. That's so challenging. So convicting, but that's, that's our call, you know, as followers yeah. of Jesus. So yeah. yeah, great. Well, let's, let's take a break. And then we come back. We'll, uh, We'll uh, dive deep into the scripture for this week. Let's do it. Second Timothy 2, 7 to 13. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. 
Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Alrighty, we are back, and if you weren't at church this past Sunday, Pastor Tim is leading us through an Advent series, right? And we we did hope. We talked about yep, hope last hope. week. Yep. Um, and the passage is is Luke uh, chapter two. I think it was. I'm not sure the exact reference, but twenty two verse two. Sorry, chapter two verse twenty two, um, talking about Jesus being offered and presented at the the uh, the temple offering, um, which little side plug we're doing baby dedications this Sunday, <laughs> <That's> right, so <laughs> yeah. good good timing on that. But um, what a cool sermon because I've never heard, and you'll have to probably help me with the pronunciation of you know as we are you know lighting the candle of hope and we're eagerly awaiting, we're, we're paying homage to you know the incarnation of Christ that happened, but we're also eagerly awaiting his second coming. So this like waiting, this kava you yep. said, because you yep. had like this yep. bungee cord that was like stretching and unstretching, and so the kava, the waiting for the second coming, but we're also looking back to his first coming. Yeah, I, you know, we kind of mentioned this on Sunday, but like a lot of folks, if you weren't brought up in a tradition that celebrates Advent, I think this is like a really mm. great thing to kind of add into your tradition that, you know, Christmas, is, of course, is a day, but it's also the Advent season. And the season, it's, it's really about that. It's about this idea of exactly what you said of you're looking back at, you know, the incarnation, Jesus coming for the first time, you're looking forward uh, to, in anticipation to his return. And in the meantime, as you said, we kava, we we wait. Yeah. And that Hebrew term kava, the one I picked out, I, it, it's the one that I think maybe people can relate to the most because we talked about like when you pull a cord, it creates like this, this tension. Mm -hmm. And when you're waiting, you know, it, it can create, especially when you're waiting for something for God to show up in a, in a difficult situation, you feel it, you know, you feel that, that tension, you wonder, is God ever going to show up? And so for me, I just thought it was like a good sort of picture of what we all do in some way, shape or form yeah. all the time. But like, sometimes there's like one thing in particular, that's really, really challenging. Yeah. I had a, I had a question cause the the reference again is is we're talking about Simeon here, mm -hmm. and I'll I'll kind of read Luke two chapter uh, Luke two verse twenty six. I keep saying chapter twenty six. Mm -hmm. Luke two verse twenty six, um, and it was re revealed to Simeon, and it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord, the Lord's Christ. And so a few verses down, uh, they come and they bring Jesus to the temple. Uh, and then he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace because this promise has been fulfilled. Um, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Um, and so as we talk about this kavah, this like tension as we're writing, like you mentioned, well, we're not, I'm not Simeon, but I have these things in my life that I'm maybe like waiting for God. And you reference like Simeon probably being in the temple every single day as if that was the day Mary and Joseph were going to bring Jesus to the temple. So like I can imagine like this release of, you know, I imagine a bungee cord just stretched to mm-hmm. its limit and then Simeon sees Christ and there's just this release because he rejoices. He's like, your servant can die in peace now. But I'd be curious, like as like we wrestle with whatever we're wrestling with, we're waiting for God to come through on whatever we're waiting God to come through on. Do you think, is there ever like a full release or is there always just going to be, is it kind of this, this ebb and flow of like, there's always going to be tension but maybe the 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 intensity of that tension. I didn't know if there would ever be just like this full. I feel no, you know, waiting or yeah. I feel like, like everything's good now. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I think like on this side of eternity, mm-hmm. there is always going to be this push and pull, and you get a release, and then it's like, oh man, everything's great, and then all of a sudden something else comes up, and that's that's a result of you know kind of the fallen world that we live in, which is why though, I think Advent is so, it's such an important idea for us because without, you know, without this anticipation of a God that will return and set things right, we're kind of like, it's kind of, it can, it could feel hopeless, right? Because Mm -hmm. this world is tough and this life is hard. And if we don't have that hope that things are going to be set up, set to, to right, then we suffer without hope. And that's mm. one of the great things about being a follower of Jesus is we're, we're not like that. We're people of hope and we get to point other people in that, in that hope. If that, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does. And I think you mentioned it a little bit ago, but as we're like talking about this waiting and this stretching, you mentioned in your sermon, like lamenting, could you define, and you probably did this in the sermon, but could you define like what is lamenting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, l- lamenting, First of all, I'll say this. I think the caveat, I think lamenting, especially with the evangelical church in the United States, is one of the things that we don't have a category for and mm-hmm. we don't do it well because there's this like idea that we want to, we want to show people like we're okay. You know, it's, it's yeah. the typical, we you know, show up on Sunday morning. How are you doing? Doing mm-hmm. good. Or no, that's not the line. Now, now the line's like, Oh, I'm busy. That's, yeah. that's the line. I'm busy. busy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm good. And, and that's, I, I get that. Those are just sort of, you know, the, the way that we greet each other. But I think what happens, it can create a culture where um, people think it's, it's not okay um, to not be okay. Like, mm-hmm. and so we, we feel like we have to kind of put this, nice face on. And I think lamenting is when we take our, our anguish, we take our kava, you know, that tension and waiting, we take our frustrations, we take even our doubts, our fears, and we bring them before the Lord. And that, that's mm. what a lament is. And, you know, like we talked about on Sunday, there's a whole, like a th- at least a third, depends on what, where you look, but it's anywhere from one third to one half of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. And, you know, they're not the Psalms that we typically put into 
Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. May, may, I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me, but I don't know that there's a Hillsong. My God, my God, why have you forsaken yeah, yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that a Hillsong no. of like, you know, your unfailing love has vanished yeah. forever. God, like, why? Like, why have you done this to me? It's, they're not. Yeah. Those aren't the songs that we sing. But, you know, maybe we should. Maybe yeah. we should. What would you say the danger is of, you know, maybe growing up in this Western evangelical, like, you know, don't share your emotions. Always, we're always going to say good, and we're always going to have this like maybe disingenuine posture to the Lord, as I guess I would say it, of like, ah, oh, everything's good, God. Like, I know, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, everything. But like, so what is the? What would you say the 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 pitfalls are to someone who is walking with Christ and doesn't lament and like approach their God and their heavenly Father and say, like, God, why have you, for, like, I feel forsaken right now. Yeah. What, what do you think, like, some pitfalls are to someone who so doesn't do that? That's a gr- great, great question. T- two things come to mind. One, and I, I think I referenced this in, in one of the services, but not the other, is, like, our bodies are not really meant mm. to carry suffering and to carry pain. And when they're, when if we succumb to a culture that says we're not going to deal with our pain, we're not going to talk about our pain, we're not going to lament— like it's not like that didn't that pain doesn't just go away. There's a it's a secular book, but the body keeps the scores. Really, an interesting mm. book because what they found was when a person has gone through trauma or pain, that if they don't deal with that trauma and that pain, it comes out in all sorts of ways, like you know, um, autoimmune disease, yeah. heart disease, all these different things. It comes out in really negative things. And so that's like just a really practical thing is if we have like your pain is going to go somewhere. And what I think the Psalms do is show us like what to do with our pain and what to do with our doubts. And it's to bring them before the Lord who already knows them already. And when Mm -hmm. we do that, it's going to be a much healthier way to deal with that pain so that like, we're not just kind of holding it in we're expressing it, you know, to God, if that, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Like even on like on a micro scale, Lauren and Lauren, my wife and I, have actually been kind of like being more intentional in this area with one another of like expressing our grievances like immediately, like, Hey, you didn't clean out your oatmeal bowl and like now it's crusty. And now I have to like scrape with the strength of a thousand (laughs) suns to get this crusty oatmeal is like, I'll let it build over weeks. And then like more oatmeal bowls or like more other, like just minor things that if like you just release it and bring it up. Hey, can you next time, can you just rinse out your oatmeal bowl? She's like, Oh yeah, sure. And it's like a no problem, (laughs) but I like let it build. And then it's like, you always do this and you always do that. And it's like, versus like you always, (laughs) yeah. Versus like just regular lamenting and regular like, man, Lord, like I'm not feeling good. Like as opposed to just bottling it up, like you said, and then then it just comes out like in in this explosion. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely relate. And it's always just such a a challenging, I think discipline to practice. I mean, it's it's really emotional health and, um, Mm. There's a, another author named Pete Scazzaro, um, pastor up in New York City, that writes a, a lot about emotional health. And that was his big thing for years was writing and saying, like, Christians have, we've got to start being more comfortable, you know, talking about our feelings and mm. and expressing it because that's part of what, it, like, discipleship is, is to be. And, and that kind of leads, I said two things. That leads to the second thing. I think if we don't ever you're talking about like if we kind of succumb to the culture and keep everything to ourselves, like when we do that, when we keep things in the dark, it stunts our growth. Mm. I I really believe that. Like, and and I think uh, to the degree that we're vulnerable and 
um, lament to God, but also are open with other people about our pain. That's where I feel like God does his best work because if we just keep it to ourselves, um, kind of like what you were saying, like when you just bottle it up, it, it, it is going to come out, but it's going to come out in an unhealthy way. Whereas if we are vulnerable before God and before each other, that's where God is going to be able to kind of sharpen us and to encourage us in that. So I, I think it's a discipleship thing as mm. well to kind of break through that, that veneer of like, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. Let's yeah. put a smile on our face and pretend, you know, there is no pain. And so I, th- I think those are the two things for me that like re- lament really, it really matters in that way. Yeah. I liked it. You mentioned like not just lamenting to God, but also lamenting to others. We were, I was looking at James five sixteen yesterday, which is talking about confess your sins to one another, but it also mentions like the prayer of a righteous person. Mm. So I'm like, if I'm like has power. And so if I'm like lamenting to y'all and like, I'm letting you in on my life, and I'm like, can you pray for me? Now I have like the prayers of the righteous, like that are just advocating for me on my behalf versus just keeping it to myself and nothing's going to happen. And I think that like what you just said is huge. Cause I, I think, um, our culture and I'm not even talking about just Christian culture. I just think our culture in general has become so individualistic mm-hmm. that it's, it's hard sometimes for us to let other people in and, by inviting people in to pray with us, it turns it into like, it's not just me and I and my personal relationship with God. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a we now. And like, we're in this together. And, and I think there's so much more strength in that when we open up our, like our lives to each other and we don't, we don't have to always be strong. You know, we can be weak because we have people around us that, you know, can carry us when we can't. Yeah, it's just it's just a testament to the body of Christ, like working together to build one another up. I mean, as you just mentioned, like us being able to serve uh, someone who just lost their home in a fire, like versus us just having these individualistic silos. Like, well, I hope she figures it out, and then she's like, well, I'm fine. Like, no one helped me. Like, you know, I'm fine. Like, we just have these silos versus us just getting like spaghettied into each other's lives and like praying for each other. And as the Holy spirit just builds the body up, it's just yeah. so and cool to see. And you can see it. Like uh, she was like the, the young lady, uh, Christiana, I believe was her name that we helped mm. was incredibly grateful. And, you know, obviously a very vulnerable moment, but I've, I've noticed and have even, let me be on confession. Like even with myself, sometimes it's hard to receive help when we need it. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of that individualistic culture yeah. of like, you know, you're told to like sustain yourself and like, you know, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. It can be a really humbling thing though, when you do have that need to let other people into your life and to like do for you what you can't do for yourself. And several times we've helped people in the church and like, I can just tell it's this struggle of like, Oh, but I don't, I don't want to receive the help. And I always say the same thing is like, well, would you do this for somebody else? And they're always like, well, mm-hmm. well, of course I would. Okay. Well just remember that. Remember yeah. that like at every point in your life, there are going to be times where you're strong and you're in a good place and you can help someone else. And there's also going to be those times where you're weak or something's happened and you need, you need that from other people as well. That's what mm-hmm. community is. And that's what spiritual family is. And that's, that's kind of our vision as a church is to yeah. be that, you know, for each other, keeping it real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, so. that's just good. How's the weather? It's good. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, you, you know, and it's funny, I've already heard several testimonies from community groups this week where mm. 
this happened, like, you know, vulnerability is beginning to happen in our groups. And I think this is the time of year where, and if you're in a community group, I'm curious if this is your uh, experience as well. That first month or two is kind of the awkward, like, I don't know you, you don't know me. And so you get like a lot of the kind of surfacey answers. But now like December, you're starting to know each other. And this is the time where it's like, it gets really, really like it can get beautiful and mm-hmm. it can get messy. And those two things usually kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm hearing like of groups that are really starting to get vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the good stuff happens and it's challenging, but it's yeah. where the good stuff happens as well. Yeah. That's so. so awesome to hear. Yeah. Was there anything from what you taught on this past Sunday, hope, kava, lament, that you maybe didn't get to in your sermon that you just want to cover or just any kind of final thoughts on your, what you covered last week? Yeah. I mean, like the, the thing about, obviously with Advent, Clay and I talked about this. Clay is actually going to be uh, doing the message this week on, on peace. And mm. one of the challenges anytime in a sermon is you only have like 25 or 30 minutes to, to try to get across a lot. And I sort of landed on, maybe kind of a subversive way to look at the passage of like, okay, Simeon's holding the baby, but you don't always get to hold the baby, right? Like what, like thousands and thousands of people that were faithful never got to hold that baby. Mm. And so we kind of, we kind of landed there, but like where I would have loved to spend more time is on the other side of Advent, which is like this idea of anticipation. And we, we talked about this last night in our community group is, is a right understanding of like what we're looking forward to. And, and that's not the typical, like one day I'm going to die and I get to go to heaven when I die. That was kind of like, especially in church culture, that's like what we mm-hmm. hear all the time. That's not the way the new Testament talks about it at all. You know, it, it it's um, even in this passage, you see Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel and you see, um, Anna is waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so the the New Testament hope is in a God that is going to come back, like Jesus is going to mm-hmm. come back and there'll be new heavens and new earth and all the things that have been really, really hard in this life are, are redeemed. And, and that's a different thing than it's heaven is not somewhere out there. That's like a reward for, mm-hmm. you know, a good life that's disconnected from this life. It's, it's a God that comes back and loves his creation so much that he restores it to the way that, you know, that it's supposed to be without sin and without the effects of the fall. And I think like, that's what we have to keep in front of us is a real anticipation that that day is coming. And to your point earlier, Kava, it's just going to be in this, in, in this life, it's going to be this constant, like Mm. tension, release, tension, release. But one day it's just release. Yeah. And we need to just meditate that on that and imagine that and think about that every day. Yeah. I loved, and you mentioned the Sunday and you just mentioned it, the, the kind of concept of like heaven being out here and we're just kind of, it's, it has this like segmentation that I think maybe we as Americans or just we as humans like to do. I like to segment things and put them in nice little boxes and here's now and then there's eternity, but you mentioning that's not how they understood it. And this, like, floored my understanding of, like, eternal life as, like, oh, it's this thing that happens when I die. But versus what Jesus says in John seventeen three, he literally defines, and this is eternal life, that they know me, mm. the one whom 
God has sent. And I'm like, well, so I'm like in like eternal life is now for me. Like, yeah, yeah, some things happen. My earthly body dies and I'll get a glorified body. But like eternal life is now. And I'm like met like I like I I didn't know that about the temple. Like it's like this meeting of the spiritual realm and the, the, the earthly realm and like. That's what Christ did, the incarnation of God. And so like, oh my God, oh, yeah, there's cow. It's not this like <laughs> distant thing. It's like I am in eternity right now because I know Christ whom God has sent. And and that's so difficult for us to like wrap our minds around because like I've, again, if you've grown up with that mindset that like heaven is where you go to when you die, it's really hard to kind of erase that or to like mm-hmm. – like reimagine that, but like absolutely the, in the first century, the people that would have been hearing these letters from Paul, for example, when he talks about that, that's exactly what they're thinking. They're not thinking about where they go when they die. Does it include that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about stepping into the kingdom of God in the here and now. And mm-hmm. in the here and now, there's still the fall. So there's still going to be that kava. There's still mm-hmm. going to be that tension. But then for us, eternity isn't just, this disconnect of what you die and then you go somewhere else. It's just a continuation. And now God restores in all the, all the things that were bad become undone. I remember uh, Tim Keller used to talk about this idea of waiting and redemption in eternal life. And he said, like, this always stuck with me. He, he talked about how, like, if you've ever lost something really, really valuable and maybe before you lost it, you just sort of took it for granted that like, Oh, I've, I have this thing. Mm. But then when you lose it, Kava, right. It's yeah. this like tension of like, you're looking everywhere for it. And he said like, but then when you find it, there's like a joy in finding it that you would have never known had you like not lost it to yeah. begin with. And he talks about that's heaven. Isn't like a reward. It's actually the undoing. And it's like the redemption of mm. all the things in our life that have been difficult and hard and that we get to look for that. And that's, yeah. it's going to be a joy that is just unimaginable. Yeah. So very, very different, but uh mindset than like what we grew up with. But I think like we have to really preach that to ourselves because mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that can fuel you on a hard day when yeah. you're like, man, I don't know if I can take it anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. ultimate so release is, yeah. is coming. So yeah. What a thing to hope for. Absolutely. And that's, that's the Advent season, and so we've got three more three more weeks of this. Uh, we're going to go through all the traditional Advent themes of um, hope, and then peace, and then joy, and then love. And mm. uh, we'll celebrate that on uh, Christmas Eve with three worship services at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. And uh, super, super excited about that as well to bring in um, and to celebrate uh, the incarnation, celebrate Jesus coming the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. so we have Advent series continuing Christmas Eve service that you mentioned three services, any, any other kind of upcoming events that real lifers should be. Oh yeah. I mean, take a note of this is a busy month, Grant. (laughs) This is a busy month. So you mentioned this earlier. We have the, 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 uh, the child dedication, uh, this coming Sunday for kids zero to four. I believe it's not, not too late to sign up for that. If uh, you're interested in that also on Sunday afternoon, we have, um, the second annual, uh, senior adult, Christmas party, old time Christmas is what Let's they're calling go. it at the Ruby Cora. And I was telling Grant this earlier. I'm like, man, our, just so you know, our senior adults know how to party. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I, I went last year and they're like, they're dancing and they're like, and some of them like dressed up in like all these like outfits. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like you work with like 
college age kids and young adult, I got to tell you these, these folks, they could give them a run oh, yeah. for the money. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one again, two to five at the Ruby Chorus. So if you're a senior adult, don't just come like invite, invite people. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're, they have like some amazing food that's going to be coming mm. all door prizes. It's, it's going to be a great time. And then uh, the other thing is also our second annual Christmas caroling. And uh, oh, okay. Grant, you, you got to come to this, man. It's going to be Monday, December 18th at seven o'clock. And uh, it's really fast. It's not a long thing. We'll go and uh, behind Sango Elementary, grab some hot chocolate first because mm. it'll be probably pretty cold. And then we walk across the street to the neighborhood and um, we have like these little gift bags that uh, that uh, actually Debbie Bider made them up this year that we hand out uh, to different homes and we sing a song or two if or they, three or, or three. three. Yeah. It depends on full, uh, yeah. how much they want of our wonderful, beautiful singing. I'm, you know, actually yeah. there are some really good singers. I'm definitely not one yeah. of those, but um, I, I, I had not even experienced this since I was a kid. So last year, I, full disclosure, I'm like, I don't know about Christmas caroling. Yeah. Like that seems a little bit like weird or outside the box. And I think if you asked anybody that went last year, they would tell you it was really, really special. And, like fun for us as a church to get to mm-hmm. do, but I think it was also really cool for the neighborhood, you know, to, yeah. uh, we want them to see not just a building going up, but we, we want them to see uh, a church that really wants to bless and to love our community. Like we talked about, you know, whether it's an emergency fire or, you know, just spreading the, the, the good news of Christ through, through songs and, and showing mm-hmm. them love. That's what we want to be about as a church. So encourage everyone to come out. That's Monday December eighteenth at uh at seven o'clock right behind Sango Elementary. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have to go. Yeah, for sure. And then uh Grant for you, uh you, you guys have something coming up too for yeah. college age. What, yeah, so we are going to CrossCon. I know it's been mentioned in a few of this uh Sunday services, but yeah, so we're taking a group to CrossCon, which is in Louisville, Kentucky, January third through the fifth. So if you are listening and you are 18 to 25 or you are a parent of an 18 to 25-year-old, register. I think it's we're, we have some exciting things happening for spring semester uh, for the college young adult, just ministry as a whole. And so I really i am trusting that this, this cross-con to kind of kick off the, the spring semester and the new year is just going to be a great thing for us to do. Um, to it. be to be fed and encouraged by one another and to just launch into to 2024 uh super excited to yeah. just grow in Christ with one another. So yeah, so if you're a college student or a parent of one and maybe you want to gift them that, you yes. know, for Christmas be a great Christmas gift, you can text mission to 97000 and find out all the info. It's going to be it's going to be a great trip. Um I've seen the house that you guys are staying it's awesome. in. Yeah, it's oh going to be gosh. it's going to be so such nice. a cool Airbnb downtown Louisville. So yes, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be edifying. Uh, so yes, register. Absolutely. And don't don't let money be a reason that mm-hmm. you don't go. Talk to us. Like we have, we have, I'm always amazed by the generosity of our church. But we have folks that would love to help you get yep. there. And so um, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. So yep. Grant, man, it's been fun. Thanks yep. for <laughs> thanks yeah. for doing it with me. This is a a good kind of like a spontaneous podcast and yeah. uh yeah i'm excited about the coming weeks yeah i am too awesome all right good to see everyone good to hear from everyone we'll see you next time in the meantime keep it real keep it jesus 
Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.